You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Hey everybody, welcome to Felony Inc. We have a special guest host today, uh, Dave Dahl, that's me. And I'm in the studio with Mr. Dick Hennessy and the lovely Mark Gailey. Um, Hi, Dave. The storied and wonderful Mark Gailey. That we could go on and on about this guy. So what we do here on Felony Inc., uh, you know, I don't, I'm not here that much anymore. But what we, what we do, what we try to do is we tell inspiration, inspirational stories of, you know, uh, second chances, essentially people coming out of prison, usually, um, and making something of themselves, something good. And uh, we know the exponential value of of a a person turning their lives around. When someone turns their life around, um, they have an amazing effect effect on the world. And, uh, you know, they they affect their their business if they start a business or if they work for a business. They affect their families in a positive way, and that's huge. And, you know, it goes on and on. Everything they do in life is positive, and it makes such a big difference to the being that guy that they were before that just was a destructive force, right? It's a ripple effect. Yeah. So it's exponential. It's exciting. You know, I think it's it could be a movement. It, should, it is a movement. And um, I think people, uh, you know, can really make a difference doing this. But what we are, essentially, we started out in the early days. We were just like, we're going to um, interview ex-con entrepreneurs but as it turns out there's a lot of other people uh that are worth interviewing too like alan over there he's not well you are an entrepreneur aren't you yes i actually kind of halfway am yeah (laughs) halfway i'm not a contrepreneur (laughs) not a contrepreneur (laughs) i like that i just 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 came up that just came to you wow nice entrepreneurs checks in the mail i'm sure yeah 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 we got we got you covered so, um, but as you know, I haven't been on the show for a while. The reason why I'm here is um, we have new hosts, uh, Mark Gailey and uh, Dick Hennessy, who are here. But I stepped in just to, you know, to open up the show. And what these guys plan to do, I guess, is interview me. But I kind of see this as sort of a maybe roundtable discussion. We'll see how it goes. Like what do you that. say there, young, young fellow? I like a roundtable discussion. Knights yeah. of the Round Table. Absolutely. <clears throat> Go ahead and uh, you know tell us what you had in mind. Um, well, uh, I thought we'd just, you know, since it's been a while since you've been on the show, um, that, you know, this is kind of was um, um, crafted around you. So um, maybe talk to you about more about what's been going on. We all know about the Dave Killer Bread. We know about what's all that. We know there's some new things going on in your, uh, in your life that are pretty exciting. I go on and on Okay. And on. So what's the... Uh, um, so I guess there's a documentary. It's easier to look at my calendar to remember what I do. You, you got know? your calendar right there? I do. <laughs> um, um, I will use it, too. It's no but easy. With me, and, with me and Dick Hennessy, there's no easy way out now. <laughs> <laughs> <Stuck>. Well, good. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm always up for a challenge when it comes to uh, pushing my own yeah, we limits. Need, we need to poke and prod you a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't mind being challenged. Looks like you've been lifting weights. You look really good, Dave. I uh, I don't lift weights. I'm against it. Oh. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just flex a lot. So oh, it, you know, flex it in it, the mirror? It's, it's called isometrics. Okay. I just go like, I, I do flex that a lot. And I, I get bigger every day. <laughs> so. Anyways, Dave's <laughs> looking good. Buffed and tan. The man. <laughs> the All man. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I do a lot of things. Um... I've added uh, stretching to my to my exercise routine, so that's very important. That's very important. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't do that for a long time. And I was, you know, I have so many injuries that, you know, I couldn't really do yoga. 
So, because people don't get that you can't do certain things when you have bad, you know, you have bad body parts. Have a bad shoulder. But I worked through it with my with weights, and now I'm doing some stretching that I can that I can handle. So, you know, it's always always trying to get better. I'd be interested in knowing about that. Yeah, there's this place called Stretch Lab. Oh, it's right here, you know, downtown. It's up in the Pearl, in Portland, and. Uh, you know, cost a little bit of money, not that much. You go in there and they start stretching you. They help you help you figure I out. Think they'll trade for tattoos? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know, um, I'll ask them. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've actually you know, really, that sounds very interesting. They figured out who I was and they started bitching that I wasn't bringing them bread. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't just have bread all the time. I'm not there anymore. You know, back right. in the day, I always brought bread wherever I went. And... You know, I used to go speak to the kids and to, you know, from, from at-risk kids to regular, you know, high schools to, um, to you know, Senate, the Senate floor to the, to, you know, um, a conference of uh, public defenders. You know, it, was, it, it never stopped. I, I mean, hundreds of places I spoke at, hundreds of places. And imagine how many people that was. Uh, and that was a debt back in the day. I'm starting to do it again now, but way more selective about it. I'm bringing not, the bread. Well, I'm not doing the bread, but back then. Why I can't used we to, bring that back? I think that's, uh, people. People they, always say that. But, I don't you know. represent the company, so oh, you don't not but, whatsoever. No. So okay. if I you know, back in the day though, it was like the more I gave away, I found out kind of like in all of my life in general, the more I would give, the more I got back. That's a, I didn't really think of it that way, though. I just was like, hey, you know, boom. You know, this is my product. Eat this. Try this. Right. They were just loving it. And, you know, it was the same with, like, giving it away when you had extra that you didn't sell. You could give it away to charity. And you, people think, well, you're just giving it away, people. And like, well, it's great because these people can't afford it anyway. Right, they're not going to go out and buy it. So you're actually giving them something great that they they can't afford. And guess what? It sits on their shelf at home. And uh, somebody comes over and they go, "What's that?" And they try that, and they can actually go out and afford to buy it. You know, I mean, that was the kind of word of mouth marketing we did, and it was beautiful. Yeah, and when you give, and so think about the giving and giving back. It's like when you give, you can't really expect. Like you, you shouldn't. Said, you, they, it comes back whether you think about it or not. Usually, when you don't think about, it, you're just giving, not thinking of, "Well, I'm going to get back twice if I give." But I mean, it's a it's a golden rule, but you don't really think about it when you're giving. You just want to give, and that's a I think a beautiful I th gift. I think some people. Uh, I think some people are very calculated about it like that. But I mean, like I'm, I want this back if I give this. But to me, it was like just a love. You know, it's a it's a beautiful gift. That, yeah, and so you, so a lot of times you won't get anything back, and yeah. sometimes you might even get negativity back. And you know, when uh, you least expect it, that's when it usually hits you. Yeah, Bam. right. So I found. Look at me. Look at how successful, how fortunate I am. Right. Well, you know, it was really easy for me to give away, give away what I had. You know. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, I didn't have anything then, though. You know, but I had. Right. I had the spirit, and that's that's all I needed. Now, alcohol eventually um, was was my, my downfall because um, I started celebrating, and I I still was a nice guy. I still was, you know, doing what I mostly the right thing. Just alcohol was a big part of my life, and well, I'm just celebrating. I'm having fun. I'm not doing anything wrong, hurting anybody. But you know, made me a little dumber and a little bit more more likely to make a mistake. And I made mistakes, and some people were just like. Waiting in the wind. Piranhas. They're <laughs> just waiting. Piranhas just want to take a bite out of you. No. Yeah. And so it finally culminated in um, a moment with uh, the police. And, you know, I had a, a wreck in the streets uh, with three cop cars, and I can't explain that. It happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it hasn't happened so to It's me, funny but... how some people go, oh, God, I was... That you're my hero, Dave. You smashed into those cop cars. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's there's nothing heroic about that. The funniest thing I hear from people because if they know that I know you, they'll they'll like, hey, is is, is he Dave, still in prison? Is he isn't he in prison for murder? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that why they call it killer bread? Yeah. I'm just like, no. Who who the hell would think? You know, I mean, who really thinks that killer bread would would mean 
that I kill somebody? How, where does that come from? Just people, what kind of mentality does it the take? Mentality, yes. <laughs> the mentality, yes. The romanticizing the outlaw. <laughs> Just well, that take was, it to yeah, another level. That's a great story, though. When I, uh, the first time I ever got to um, go on TV, uh, live on, on TV here in Portland, um, was it was like 2007, I think. I'd already been on, uh, they had a story about, or two about me on TV, but now this was the first time I actually got to go on live and do it myself. And the reason was, you know, one day my, my cousin calls me and he goes, Dave, they, I'm sorry, man, it sucks. They just called you a killer on TV. And man, I immediately thought that is cool. <laughs> I, I not because I I wanted to be known as a killer, but because it was like publicity. And, right. And I was able to go, and I was like, "How are we going to fix this? They have to fix that. They can't do that to some guy trying to, you know, start a business and make start, you know, making things happen. Uh, they can't just badmouth me." And so I called them up. I got a hold of them. It took a couple weeks. And they said, why don't you just come on and tell your, own, tell your story the way it is? And I did, and the rest is history. I kept doing that and doing that and doing that. Was that the first time that you got to tell the story? And first time I ever went on live, live TV. And, yeah, and live was, morning TV. Did you feel a reaction from that? Like a, um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. When it comes to that, again, whenever you do anything um, great, like anything that's really special in your life, um, if you expect immediate results, it's it, then you're going to be let down usually. Um, that appearance itself, over time, made a huge difference. But I didn't get immediate like crazy sales of bread or anything like that. But you know they say that it takes like seven times, seven um, impressions, you know, for somebody to actually kind of like start thinking of you. Like I need to go get some of that, you know. So one one good impression. That impression might have been worth two or three because it was pretty good, you know. And uh, over time, look at it now, you know. I don't have to do. I don't have to say anything now. You know, people bring it to me. You're always bringing it to me. I am. <laughs> and how about how about Dick? I know you got some oh, questions. Man, I got I got questions. Fire away. Oh, questions fire fire sure. away. Yeah, well, it's his turn. Yeah. It's your turn, Dick. <laughs> First of all, I didn't expect Dave to be our guest today. Oh, so I'm you didn't know. Thank you so much. You didn't know that. No, I, they uh, didn't. They didn't tell me. He said he was going to be here for the meeting afterwards, but I had no idea. Okay. That he was going to be the guest. I thought I was going to be the tow truck guy again. No, he got rescheduled. Oh. <laughs> Which guy? Dick Buckles. Out. I'm a little out of ACC the loop towing. right now. Yeah, so that's my fault. I let me let me first start by by saying that a long time ago, when I, when I was on house arrest, I saw Dave's extension through the the bread industry and everything that he did, and it was extremely inspirational for me. So when I um, finally was, was was free and was not you know cleared of all criminal wrongdoing yeah he's got quite a story <laughs> I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I uh dave's killer bread was my favorite you know, I, I i had heard about him being at the saturday markets i heard about him doing this and that and i was in hiring ex-cons to work in the bakery and i you know it was just a feel-good story and i could really resonate with that and and i i just purposely anytime i was at fred meyer anywhere i was at i would get dave's killer bread and i had my favorite kind good seed Good seed. <laughs> Yours too. Yeah, that's all of ours. Good seed. Yeah, yeah that's I my mean, favorite. I mean, thin. yeah. Huh? Thin sliced. You got the thin sliced? Yeah. Why, dude? You need the bigger pieces. Your size. So I, I never really liked um, this kind of bread for the longest time. I always liked like plain white bread, the cheap stuff. But once I ate some of this killer bread, I was like, it's another meat on your sandwich. It's just thick uh, and wholesome and you know, delicious. Yeah, my my favorite was the good seed. My mom's favorite was the good seed. I also like the blues bread, and there was a couple other things. The synagogue, you know, everything yeah. he put out was just way above and beyond anything else. So, I, I, it was it was entirely inspirational for me. And then when I kind of started getting my own business rolling, I remember vividly seeing you out and about. Uh, I remember you were a guest at the uh, Ed Foreman show, mm. you know. And you would be performing with the guitar and Little Miss Liberty, <laughs> Justice, Justice. Little Miss Justice. I remember that vividly, and I really wanted to talk to you and tell you how inspirational you were to me at the time. But I didn't. 
you know, is my mentality is I don't want to bother anyone, you know, until, right. you know, I'm, I don't want to waste time. I'm kind of like that, too. Yeah. I, I really, uh, it gets it's, it gets tiring sometimes to have a lot of people coming up to you, but uh, I always look, I'm grateful for it because yeah. if it wasn't happening, then, you know, that would be a totally different thing, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of weird like that. Like, I'll pay attention to people that are doing things and be super inspired by them and really look up to them but not want to interrupt them or bother them with that's my little things that I'm doing, my, that's my strip club in. things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, but I was watching from afar and up close, and I was really uh, just, it, it was an amazing, inspirational thing. And um, I'll never forget, like, you know, there was, a, there was a couple times you were a guest and you did that. And I was I, I was right next to you, but I didn't want to bother you about it. Yeah. And but but I was definitely admiring you from afar. And I, I still remember vividly to this day, I was on the Morrison Bridge when I got the news alert about what happened with uh -huh. the arrest with Washington County Sheriffs yeah. and everything like that. And it just my heart just sunk in my chest. And um, I remember hearing that too. Yeah, no, I remember imagine, exactly imagine. where I was like nine eleven. Like I remember what because you. That's interesting. Well, I mean, man, like who else? from our walk of life who has been through what we've been through has built such i mean that's just a night and day success story you know right and so it's so what happened uh I, I i can't get into the exactly into the minds i really appreciate you telling that story and i want to hear more about it actually um how what happened after that but i want to say that that was obviously the reset moment of my life where um it was devastating. Uh, you know, I had good intentions all along. There was never, you know, I always thought I was doing good, good, and I wasn't doing criminal things. And what happened that night was an absolutely mental breakdown. And there's no explanation for it that really makes sense other than that's what happened. I, I lost it. And um, there's a lot more to that story. We won't go into that right now. But... So I checked myself in on my attorney's advice because I was way out there. I wasn't, I thought I was fine. I thought, well, fuck this, the cops beat me up, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had this criminal mentality, that stupid criminal mentality for a minute. Like, all oh, the cops kicked my ass, they didn't have the right to do that, they almost killed me, you know. I needed to get over that, and my attorney told me, you need to get over that. <laughs> but I wasn't ready yet to get over it. He said, uh, we're gonna check you into Cedar Hills, and I'm like, no, no, you're not doing shit, because I can walk out of here with bail, you know? And he eventually goes, you know, look, man, I'm, I don't know how to make you understand this, but will you give it a chance, go to Cedar Hills, and just check it out and see if you can, if you, if you know, if you can make it, if you can just stay and check yourself in. I went and checked it out, and the whole time I'm cracking these jokes, like I, I mean, like total knucklehead. I'm like totally knuckleheaded out, you know. Uh, I don't. I, I imagine. I don't know if they were funny or not, but I thought they were. <laughs> and I was having. Everyone's these, standing there like this. Yeah, I'm having all these conversations with all these people, and I'm thinking they're all on my level, you know. Anyway, so I finally checked myself in because I thought, well, this is okay. This is not that bad. And I, I was in there for like two or three weeks. And um, I, I finally got uh, diagnosed as bipolar for the first time while I was there. And obviously that, that was uh, a, a diagnosis I needed in order to not be, um, you know, considered for uh, criminal you know, to, for criminal charges. They did give me criminal charges, but I was found guilty except for insanity. So I'm a hospital patient on the street for an indefinite period of time. Um, but anyway, long story short, I wanted to make this short, but it hasn't been. At the end of that uh, period at Cedar Hills, I got out and I'm still on this hypomanic, they call it, um, state, where you're still almost a little bit crazy you know, just a little like way up here thinking everything's great and you can you can conquer the world and all this stuff. Uh, and finally, you know, I saw this article about me in the Willamette Week called Breaking Bread. And it was at the Breaking Bad logo. And I'm looking at this going, yeah, that's funny. You know, I'm still in that mood where I can still look at it, it's funny. But I read the article and it straight knocked my dick in the dirt. I could not 
I, I didn't recover for quite a while. I was so depressed. And it, you sometimes, sometimes depression doesn't, is, is illogical, unreasonable. This, there was every reason to be depressed because I felt what you felt. I felt, but I felt it from the personal, like I had let everybody down, not he had let everybody down. I, it was like I had let thousands of people down. But, you know, I could start with my, my employees. I could start with all the investors and executives. Uh, and all the things that were going on, and and I'm like, wow, they don't even know the good side of me. All they're seeing is this terrible side of me. They haven't even been around and seen how good I was. Uh, and but look at how much damage I just did in one night. And um, it was I couldn't move really for about two or three weeks. And so from that point on, it's kind of been. You know, over time, it's there were stages I went through, uh, kind of up and down, and then finally I, I leveled out. And, you know, that's where I'm at today. For the last few years, I've been great. I'm happy, not crazy happy, not like hypomanic happy, but just, you know, down that middle path, like I was telling Mark earlier, that middle path that keeps you out of jail <laughs> and keeps you out of trouble, keeps, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I so I've been I've been doing really well, and uh, but I'm I'm curious to know how the parallel with you at that time. Well, the parallel the parallel for me was this: it was, you know, I went through hell and back, you know, as you have, and we all have, you know, obviously, and um, I you were just really such an incredible source of inspiration for me, and you know, what what you've accomplished is outlandish. You know, it's it's unreasonable. It's not believable. It's one in a million very phenomenon. Tough, very tough thing. shit. Yeah, and you know, and everyone that's sitting in the OSB right now, or you know, in the justice system right now, um, dreams of what you've accomplished. And I would I would come and I would watch you perform and I would watch you speak, and I was extremely inspired by it. And it focused. It, it kind of helped me want to even you know, not that I needed. <laughs> more motivation to work harder and, and accomplish more stuff but just seeing someone that has actually made it from everywhere you know where we were all at and then you're up here now it was it was like oh man you know everything is all good and then the moment i was on the morrison bridge and i got the news notification about what happened it just my heart just sunk in my chest and i i i didn't know what was going to happen next you know from what the detail the murky details that i was getting about it it just really really bothered me because I knew how everyone else felt. You know, here's a guy, made it, millions of dollars, company sold, dream come true, and then potentially is gonna is throwing it all away. You know? Luckily, no police officers were injured, killed, yeah. really. You know, but I was the one that got hurt the most. Believe me. I, I was, I, honestly, I felt at the time I was your biggest fan, and I was yeah. I was watching from the sidelines. I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to be on some groupy mm -hmm. stuff, and. Uh, but I was paying attention the entire time, and I was really, really inspired by you. And then when, when that happened, it just really hurt me down to my core. And but at the same time, I totally understood. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, we had heard the story about you going and punching the cardboard cut out of you, and you know, <laughs> but you know, everyone's like, "Oh man, he's gone crazy." But right. if you had gone through what we had gone through, and if you understood the passion that it took for you to build up this company from the ground up. And this was your your baby, and then giving it away. Yeah, you know, uh, people. You know, I didn't exactly give it away, but but, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I told you, but mean transfer, losing it, transfer ownership. Yeah, yeah it's more like you're losing yeah. your baby, and your yeah. baby, nothing can replace that. Yeah. Money doesn't replace and, that. And, and I'm a big believer in you know the 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 climb. The climb is much more enjoyable than being on top of the mountain. The climb is where it's at. I do. I loved. I love the climb. And, and I'm climbing again. You know what I is love it? about Dave is he's he's way up there, but he's just he's also down here. He's he's a real person. A lot of people. It's very I, important. I would think that you know I would hope that if I ever um, got that amount of success, that I would not. He hasn't changed. He's he's still the same person. Yeah. He looks out for the small guy. He's not like you know he's not a total asshole. He is an asshole sometimes, but it's a good asshole. Um, you know, he's not like, he doesn't like, uh, I remember this, so, this little incident where this guy was talking about these, uh, helicopters off the penthouse with 
you know, strippers and what I'm just like Dave's just shaking his head at this dude. Yeah. I think it was Fourth of July. Yeah. Like some guy's talking about it and Dave's just like, No. Oh well, no. We were at we were at my place and yeah. somebody was saying that. Yeah, someone was saying something yeah. about why aren't you doing this, yeah. Dave? And Dave's just shaking his head like what a asshole. But well, uh, I, I mean I'm not even thinking he's an asshole. I'm no. just thinking uh, you know, that's you, not me. Right, you exactly. Know, exactly. That's what I meant. I didn't mean that guy's an yeah, asshole, yeah, but you yeah, know but. Um I mean yeah, and that, and that's when I really you know, that's part of me that's like, Dave's just, he's a good, honest, real guy. You know, he's not trying to be somebody he's not. He's still the same person. And um, that's what's, that's the beauty of, of Dave's killer bread and Dave Dahl is, um, you know, he can, he can, he's, his hands out for the small guy, his hands out for the big guy. Well, it's funny. I, I got to say something after the break. We got to have a little break here. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. The price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. So I was just going to say, you know, I'm not involved in the company anymore, and but the other day I spoke to somebody um, who is, you know, important in the Second Chances part of the company and the Second Chances Foundation they have, um, and she was like, "What, you know, when are you gonna help? When are you gonna come along and help?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, you're not just expecting money out of me, right? Because." You know, they got, they just recently got a big, big grant of like a half million dollars, um, which is pretty great to get that kind of grant. And that's a lot. Yeah, out of one, one organization. So, anyway, money is not the way that I help people, you know, because that's usually all that does money doesn't is help enable people. someone. Or, or, yeah, it's like, what's the right thing to do online? In every situation, you know, most most of the time, I I think I choose the right thing. You know, sometimes my judgment may be wrong. You know, happens, but I'm pretty good at um, staying out of trouble nowadays. Can we give a shout out to Lad? I heard his voice a minute ago. Lad, you're out yeah. there in Radio Land. Um, we miss you. Thought about having him come in today, but uh, he's got stuff to do. He's so. got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, Lad. Do you know Lad? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know him personally, but I was obviously paying attention to the podcast from day oh, one. That's right. why I'm here right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Lad was the co-host, excellent co-host. And, so uh, what What else was there? Uh, what, do you have any more to that story? I got I to I talk for hours about yeah. that story. We should, do a, we should do a part two on this one. <laughs> well, let's just see where, where we get today. In fact, yeah. You know. yeah, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, basically, like I, I feel like I speak for everyone. You know, everyone that's been through what we've been through and uh, saw someone actually make it, like for real make it, and then get to the point where they're just set for life. I mean, you, essentially, we all, you know, I don't know what the situation was, but the general mentality was you were good forever. And yeah, and you know, um, you know, there's always the the people standing on the side, standing, not really talking. But when they do say something, it's negative. It's like, oh, you know, he's lucky. He does, you know, he's, he's an asshole. You know, he doesn't deserve it. He's gonna fuck up again. Ah, then wow, I fuck up again in a different way. Yeah. But it's like, can you? Oh, some people just tickled pink by that you know that's, oh, that's sad yeah. yeah but uh nobody's and, perfect we all make mistakes um yeah. but uh anyway the good thing it's it's even more than that it's it's the journey and um i needed that to happen again and maybe even the community needed that to happen just because here I am clawing myself out back out again. People are rooting for me, you know? They still want me to be be good, be okay. And I have been for a long time. I spent three years her- hermiting up 
um, with my African art. And because that was my, the African art was my um, distraction from me. And people were, why African art? You, what are you, African? No. Or do you ever been to Africa? Is that what started? No, it has nothing to do with it. What it is, is I like it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it has nothing to do with me. It's incredible, actually. And so I, uh, and because it has nothing to do with me, it's the perfect, it was the perfect escape, you know, if you will. And um, I learned a lot of stuff. I, I had a, I, I was like, a, became an expert on, on that stuff. Um, and so that was a good distraction for me. But then I met somebody, kind of a guy that gets around Portland quite, quite a bit, um, who said, who, who came to see me and he's like, well, you know, there's a whole world out there that wants wants to see you. <laughs> you <know>? I'm like, <laughs> and I, I, at that time I had my, you know, I had long hair, which I wish I still had, but I had, you know, I'm going to grow it back. Um, I, I, but more importantly, I was really, I didn't even have any nice clothes. I was just constantly, I was working my ass off and getting greasy and dirty and loving it, you know, but... He, he kind of said, well, why don't you get back out there, you know, because you can make a difference. And um, I did. I started doing it one little bit at a time. And, and now I feel like I, I do too much in the community. You know, I I might be reaching here, but, like, I almost feel the fact that you had made it and then stumbled and fell and then regrouped and were still able to right the ship. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's even more inspirational in a way because, you know, I think in, you know, this is my fifth time hosting the show. We we talk about, you know, you guys, you did time, you came out, you came up with a business plan, but we never really focus on mental illness. And one of the main things that I took from your interview in Ashland that you did, I watched the whole thing uh, last week. Really, really, really great interview, in my opinion. Which interview is that? It was uh, when you were in the theater with the the guy. What, oh, you, that was in Bend, yeah. Oh, uh, Bend, Bend, mm-hmm. Ashland, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Southern Oregon. Somewhat Southern Central Oregon. Oregon. Central Oregon. Central Oregon. Close enough. It's yeah, the same I, thing. I, From here, I, it is. I forgot what city it was. I, I watched the entire thing. Yeah. You know, and I, I, really, <laughs> I, gotcha. I really liked it. Because, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things I took from it is, you know, we talk about all these things, and it's like, oh, you went crazy, or oh, this is going on. And you really broke down. Like why everything went the way it did with the company, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, we you know, we can't expand. We can only expand so much, and we have this great opportunity. You talked about Costco; it made you a millionaire, and now, you know, just from a business perspective and a personal perspective, the amount of pressure you had to be under was insurmountable. And I had a lot of pressure uh, when. You know, nothing's an excuse for my bad behavior, but, um, and every, the pressure would have been quite okay. I would have dealt with it just fine if I hadn't been drinking and putting more extra stress, pressure and stress, stress on the whole situation. Um, because it didn't put me in a strong position with all the things that were going on around me. Um, and definitely there's a lot of interruption in your mind, in your mental process when you're drinking and, you know, you're essentially blacking out, you know, you don't remember what you're doing. I wasn't a bad guy when I was drinking. I was just sitting around fucking making jokes. (laughs) (laughs) So you passed out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But I love that tequila. And, uh, that was anyway, I, what was cool is, um, or what wasn't cool was, you know, I was digging a grave for myself, and it wasn't a real grave. It was more like a hole that I had to climb out of that could have been my grave. And, you know, hey, here we go. Boom. And the African art, just like I do with anything, I really got into it. It wasn't, unfortunately, like it could have been something else. If it, if it had been guitars or cars, I could have actually sold them back. You know, I, I would have made, I would have done a lot better financially, and I would have enjoyed it. But, those guitars and cars are too close to home. You're like, okay, that's not going to help me forget. You know, African art really did that job. So, I get it. I get it now. So that was my distraction and part of my healing process. And uh, 
and it was just so great that a few years went by and now I could come back out. It wasn't, everybody wasn't so sore from that situation. They, they were forgiving me. I was forgiving myself. And that's forgiving yourself is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. We all got to figure out how to forgive ourselves. Before we can let other if you people can't forgive do us. that, you can't really forgive anybody else. That's right. you, you can't really be forgiven. You know, uh, the resentment, it, the resentment we carry um, is our downfall. I probably need to forgive myself for a lot of things. Yeah, well, I, I you know, I, for, you do a lot of fucked up shit. So, I do. You know, <laughs> There's no question about it. It's hard to keep up with forgiveness <laughs> on that shit. You know, this whole process of falling, and you know, it just, it just ends up being more inspirational, like you said. In a way, I can look back on it now, because I remember what I was going to say when I fell so hard and I was so depressed, and it was at about the same time, a little bit after the time you probably heard about it on uh, on Morrison Bridge. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks later, I'm, I'm crashed, and I was telling myself, oh, look, I've, how many people have I spoken to about my story and about how I overcame and all this kind of stuff? How many... How, how many I know the principles. I've been telling the people the principles of this all this time, and here I am, completely destroyed my life, right? Well, how can I even ever go back and face the world? And uh, more importantly, how many people are going to suffer from from my mistake? And so uh, the great thing about it is I did still know the principles. But those principles are not easy. It's not just that you, you, you can know how to do it and still not do it. And It's I, not a slam dunk. No. No. It never is. Even, never. If, even if you win, it's still not a slam dunk uh, because, you know, you're going to get, like, you might... You, you might foul out before you get to Life but, comes at you a million miles an hour, so it's yeah. like... Yeah, so I mean, I just love, uh, I love the process, and, and I was able to, like, never really stop feeling the scar of that moment, of that, you know, there's a scar there, and it, but it's always going to be there. But, Scars remind us. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking back to when I wrote my first wrote the story, um, because people, I wrote the story on the back of the bag. That was that was essential, and it was a big deal because everybody was like, back then it was my story, not the story they have now um, that I wrote, and it was very personal. And I got a lot of feedback, and eventually, I had to write the story in a bigger form and put it on the website. And this was like two thousand seven, six, seven. Uh, and as soon as I did that, boom, everybody wants me to come speak. And uh, I was like, well, that's a great opportunity to do something good, to give back, but it's also a good way to promote the product. So that's a no-brainer. And uh, I, I remember going to do that. And, but, but when I wrote that story, I remember thinking, I remember saying, and you can read it, in that book, have you seen my little book, the Good Seed book? I haven't. Oh well, I didn't. I didn't know there was a Good Seed book. This this chick uh, worked at, uh, or she was going to PSU, and she wrote it as her. She made this book out of my words, um, for her, uh, for her art thesis. Anyway, it took a couple years to come out, but uh, in this book, I say, you know, I can never forget the monster. I can never forget what what I love so much and does so much disaster, so much destruction. I can never forget this. Now, to me, was that was methamphetamine, you know. But I, after this incident, I realized that it wasn't just methamphetamine that could cause this. And uh, so it was something that needed to happen. Um, obviously, I needed to go, okay, you know, I could I could drink for years and not have a problem, but then all I need is that one, you know. So, any kind of use of any kind of drugs and any kind of alcohol, no, it's not working. So I learned that, and I learned a lot more about resentment and how and and about, you know, it's not all about me either. You know, it's really important. You know, I think that uh, just our monsters know, are real. I absolutely are. <laughs> they come real. out at any time. Yes, they do. At I, night and day. It, my thought on this is just here we have 
uh, I mean, this is a great example of someone who has made it and then fell from grace and then still climbed back up and, and kind of righted the ship in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that's way more realistic. I feel like everyone wants a Hollywood ending. Happily ever after. Yeah, that's that's where we're programmed, we're brainwashed from childhood to want to see that. It never happens, really. It, but it's just not it's not reality, you yeah. know. So, and to me, I feel like it's even more powerful and prolific that you had gone through that and still managed to rise up from that and now I mean I feel like you're set for life in my in my personal opinion I think I'm a, I think and, and being set for life is I know you mean more than money uh, you get to the point where damn it um, you may have I may have finally figured it out where I don't have to go through that kind of shit yeah. again you know that would be the downfall not uh, I don't worry about money unless I'm just really stupid, you know, yeah, and like, it could happen. <laughs> but you have to be a real, real dumbass to do that. Because, it, it, you know what, I used to like gambling. I've never been a real gambling guy, but um, I never had that problem per se. But I used to like going in and, get, and winning a few hundred bucks sometimes, you know. Now it's not, it doesn't do anything anymore. It does nothing to me. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. That's one of my little issues is that video poker every once in a while. I've been pretty good at not doing it, but every once in a while it's like, rah. And if I win, it makes it worse. It's more of a time killer now. It, it is. So it's, it's, it's an epic waste of time. If you happen to be in a situation where you got, and that was the way it was when I was a dope dealer, I would stop and play while I was doing a dope deal and I would. I had a rule about how much I was going to blow, and I think it was like sixty bucks was my rule. And I always, I always went for. It. I always did it, and I, I, I used to tell myself that I won all the time. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think you win, but you lose more than you yeah. win. Because my dad used to tell me, uh, Las Vegas didn't build those uh, casinos on your winnings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so That's right. it's like the house wins. That's pretty good. Yeah, my dad was very wise. Yeah. Incredible man. I wish I would have latched onto him when I wasn't such a knucklehead. I would be so, I'd know everything because he knew everything. So I got him tattooed. He's my guy. Right on. So, I to see that tattoo. We, what I've seen lately, too, in the last couple months is you've been sitting courtside at Blazer Games recently. You were an instrumental part of the uh, Maurice Lucas Foundation. Okay. Maurice Lucas Foundation. I'm good friends with Maurice Lucas Jr. Oh yeah, to high school together. Right on. And, yeah. And uh, do you have uh, essentially right now, like in the studio, from here on out, you could do anything you put your mind to. Do you have any kind of goals for the future? Do you have any? Do you want to go into business, real estate? That's a good question. Like that? Yeah. Excellent question. Uh, I don't have. You know. I've done a lot of stuff since that 2013, yeah. did, done a lot of things, a lot of initiatives. I um, First, I'm going to say part one is what I've done, and part two is what I'm going to do, right? So part part one is a lot of experimenting with um, ideas like being a landlord of, uh, I have a 40-plex out in Hillsboro. Nice. And... Um, I would say I wouldn't do that again, but I had to do it just like I had to have a great fall. You know, there's it didn't it didn't kill me. And I so probably, you're a slumlord. Not really. No, we're pretty we're pretty it, good. Are they nice? It's low. Well, it's low. It's fairly low rent, so it's not the highest low, but it's nobody is suffering there. Is there a fountain in the entranceway? Um, no. Okay. Sorry. We'll try to get that arranged. Yeah, you can. You can. You can put the bill for that one. Uh, anyway, so, no, it's nice enough, and everybody's happy there, I think. So, um, but anyway, it's not like it's a big money loser. It's just a lot of work for what I'm getting out of it, you know. And it's not its not my passion. You know, housing is not my passion. And when people say, people say, you know, talk about charities that help people get places to live, I'm like, that's fantastic. It's not my passion. My passion is helping people to um, is, is to see people succeed yeah. in life on a high level, not necessarily wealthy, just happy, just like wow, purpose and and um, and you know, just going down that road. You know, the way I believe it, it makes people happy. I like to see that because I was happy before Dave Skillet Brett, way happy, yeah. and I was happy as you say climbing that ladder it was like boom 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 it was so pure there was no lies there was no no destruction there was nothing until there was uh i was on a great path 
And so I'm, you know, I'm kind of there now again. I'm, I'm not willing to work as hard as I did with Dave's Killer Bread. I mean, I don't have it in me to do that again. I don't think. You if don't I have had, to. yeah. If I to. had to, and if the purpose was strong enough, I probably would. See, that's the thing. But I don't. I there's no way that I am going to come up with something like that again right now. Although I think I could if I need if I wanted to. <laughs> I, I know. With it. Let I, me know when you're ready. I know the basic. <laughs> I know the basic fundamentals to being successful as an entrepreneur. Now, and. Um, you know, it, you, it, the whole thing about that is you have to be patient, too, because you may not get it right the first time or the second time or the third time. So being an entrepreneur is not like one plus one equals two, boom. No, it's more like one plus three equals uh, four minus six, minus six. You know, and you're going to go through these things. And um, that's what an entrepreneur, entrepreneur needs to be able to do and needs to be resilient and creative. Um, you got a lot of the great uh, entrepreneurial characteristics. Um, I need to start using them more. I'm kind of like stuck right now. I need to like. Well, but you're. I got I, things I want to do. I think you're. What what hurts you is that you're still a little bit like this. You know, you have these things that still pull you this way or that way. Uh, the more you do that, the less you can focus on on what really matters. Right. You know, I, need so. to find, I need to find that one thing. I think I, I'm, I'm figuring it out right now. Yeah. I think my next step is the tattoo school because I can uh, get a foundation off that because that gives me a more solid yeah. income. I'm not more so much build a bill. Yeah. And then I can like, then once that's going, I can pretty much run itself. And then I want to expand into these other business ideas I want to do. So that's, that's well, so my... You're great at, you're great at you know, concept and yes. you know, all those kind of things. And even execution, I think you're probably okay at good at i think that again what's lacking is the is the straight aheadness and i, I you know what i totally agree with you and i and that's you just hit the nail on the head that's you know and you got to be willing to give up some things and um yeah, like it, it, the things that are that are fucking with you I, you have to be able to give them up somehow i do and i totally get it um but um you absolutely hit the nail on the head because I, I do have these incredible business ideas that, you know, have been just brewing and I know they're good. Mm. I, uh, you know, I think of myself more of an entrepreneur than a tattoo artist. I just happen to be a good tattoo artist and it pays my bills. But, um, you know, I have these, I like entrepreneurism, like the, like the, the climb, the goal. Envision, so envision I, need, the I need to get the steps up the ladder. And that's why I think once I get a couple steps up and then I'm like distracted. Uh -huh. and that's exactly what you said. It's so true. Yeah, you have to have that. How do you know that? <laughs> well, we have this, you know, we all as ex-felons, felons of all, you know, stripes and, you know, they're not the only ones, but we do tend to have uh, a need for instant gratification all the time. Um, and so there are times that you're, that's what you're looking for. And as long as you're looking for that all the time, it's going to derail you. Um, you're not going to be your best. Yeah. And, and I think that um, I'm coming to a plateau on all that, actually. Well, I, I, I wish you all the you best. Just, you you just that. hit the nail on the head, and I don't know how you even know that. That's crazy. Um, it's because it's it's like it's like a horoscope, you know. It's it, it's like these are generalities. <laughs> generalities that, that kind so of a, fits, kind of fit the situation. Fits, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. what I think. When people start thinking, "Oh, yeah, you're so brilliant." So, but you recognize that because you, <laughs> you deal with a lot of people that, with all these business ideas. Yeah. So you recognize all that stuff. That's crazy. That's good. Yeah. Well, uh, so, anyway, so I I get. And, and the thing is, I'm passionate about seeing people succeed. I really want people see, to succeed, but I hate enabling people to fail. Right. So I'm like, uh, I, I'll be there for you, but you may not even understand why I'm saying fuck you, you know, because you're not doing the right thing. I, so if I, I don't, if I can't do it myself, with my own hard work, you know, I don't really want it. It's not, yeah. you know, I don't need. And whatever you do, um, yeah. Whatever we do in life uh, has to be a win-win, too. And not this sort of um, zero-sum mentality. You know, I hurt you, or uh, I win, you lose. That's zero-sum, okay? Um, you win, I lose. So we both win. It should be win-win. And that's the way it is in good business, you know? I mean, whoever was hurt by Dave's Killer Brett, nobody. Um, 
There's been some seeds there. <laughs> I stuck in the throat. Yeah. In the process. Right, somebody died choking on it. All right. Yeah, I know. It happened three or four times. No. Uh, but anyway, it was a positive business, and it was honest, and it was forthright, and um, and it also had a st- this story was real, and it, it was a continued story. My story was my story of redemption, that continued making the bread, and then, you know, then I had another fall, and then you know, the, it continues. And the now beauty, it's bigger than the, way bigger than me. And the beauty of this the story still continues. Your story's not over yet, yeah. and we can do. A little well, there's the story of Dave's Killer Bread itself, which is cool. Right. They continue to do something. They continue to be continue to be a social socially minded uh, business. They found that that is a way to go right for them. Um, so that's their story, and in a way, it's an offshoot and, and of my story. Your story is never going to end. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, I think it's going to go on after I'm gone. Exactly. You're just more, right. Yeah, and after you're gone, but even until then, you're still going to do a couple more incredible things, at least. I can just feel it. Yeah. Whether, you know. Well, I'm always going to be doing what I think is the right thing, I hope. And you know? that, the next right thing always And if that, as long as I'm doing that, I'm going to have an effect on other people where they're going to have, have great lives. That I'm going to give them just just that little bit of inspiration to help them find that, and that to me is powerful. Very you know, powerful. I love seeing other people succeed. Um, I love seeing other people succeed. I love success, and and you know what? Success isn't succeed. money. Succeed. That could be a name of another bread. Succeed. Good succeed. Yeah. I, whenever you sucked, whenever you sucked seed in the past. Oh wow. It would, had jump. nothing to do no. with that. Oh, I had to. Oh, I no, I mean, that was. Uh, it was the end of the show. Ah, burnt. <laughs> so I'm gonna let these guys wrap it up. I'm Dave Dahl signing off. Thank you, Dave, so much. Appreciate you. Yeah, I'm I'm DJ Dick Hennessy, and uh, honestly, you can ask Mark. Like I've I, I tried to get on the show for a year. Yes. And I finally got an opportunity to be on the show. And by the time I did, yes, I saw very a po- patient. Yeah, I saw a post on Facebook that Dave was signing out, not doing it. And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just for you to come back and everything come to full circle, because my intentions are pure. You know, I'm not yeah. getting paid to be here, and it's completely out of my element to be up this early on Friday morning. Yeah. But yes. uh, I, I really believe in this podcast. I really believe in you and Criminals Anonymous. Mind. Yeah, and Criminals yeah. Anonymous. I, for I, sure. I listened to that that episode, so yeah. I, I'm yeah. familiar. I. Uh, I will come back, um, and you know when it's convenient, and, okay. and jump in with you guys. That's awesome. If you want. Appreciate yeah, it. I really Thank appreciate you so much. Yeah, but the thing for me before is it wasn't. It was getting very inconvenient to do there every Friday. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So anyway, everybody, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, you know come back every Friday at 10 a.m. And if you don't. We may just come to your house late at night when you least expect it and make you listen. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get a $150 credit. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.